We have been in a series, um, and there's a mini-series within a series. So we've been talking about the great disconnect uh, because we believe that there's been a great disconnect with the world, the church, but we believe that it's time for the church to re-engage. But in the middle of that series, I've had a mini-series about the cross, and I thought I was done, but I have one more message that I want to speak to you about that's about the cross, and I believe that God has uh, wants us to really understand and know uh, about the cross. And that's the reason why today is the last part of that, that series. We were talking about the cross, and I want you to hear it. So this morning's message is entitled, The Cost of the Cross, because it costs. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. So would you pray with me this morning? Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your life and your love. And Lord, all the worship, everything that we've been, we've been doing this morning, even prayer this morning, has everything to do with not a, being a, a prelude to the message, but really about glorifying you. So help me, Lord, this morning, Lord, to, to share this message about the cross. But at the same time, as we were worshiping and prayer and even as we're hearing the word, I pray that you would help us to really see what uh, the Spirit of God, what you're showing us today, in Jesus' name, amen. Yesterday, some of you guys may have seen, I performed a marriage ceremony uh, here in the prayer room, Uh, and it was a great ceremony in the fact that I love that we had it right there, and I was able to say uh, this morning and say it now, that is the same place that Vanessa and I said our vows, uh, right in the prayer room, right there. 23 years ago, we were able to, to say vows, and I'm, I'm standing up there, and they, the, the couple, uh, they said their vows to each other. They read their vows to each other, and it was so sweet. It was, and, it, you, know, they were, they were, you know, they were nervous. They cried in tears, and they were, they're talking about, I will love you and cherish you and said all the things. And it made me think about the fact that I did that to Vanessa, you know, 23 years ago. I sat there, stood there, in other words, I stood there and basically lied. No, I'm just kidding. I sat there, stood there and, and said some things. And you're laughing, but I meant what I said. I wanted to do those things that I told her. I, want, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I'm, I mean, I, when I saw her walk in that prayer room, she had that white dress on, a little bouquet of flowers, and I'm standing there and I just, oh, I was so, I was so in love. And, I, and I, I just, I thought, I was like, man, I'm going to say these things. And I said, I vow to love you and to cherish you and to honor you and to protect you and, and grow. You know, you say these things. You want to grow old with you. That came sooner than later than I thought, sooner faster than I thought it would. Um, and I said those things. And I sat there, and, I, and, I, and I'm just thinking to myself, I wanted to do those things, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, she didn't either. She didn't know what she was getting herself into. But it looks good. It doesn't it? It looks great. And she said the same thing. She goes, I will whatever I can do to try to help you, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, God's got to help me or this ain't going to work, you know. Her vows were a little bit different than mine. Um, but, I, you know, but the truth is that I, I was trying, man. I was just like, I will, I will. And, but, but, no, I was 21 years old. I was 21. I had no idea I was getting into. But I realized that it costs something to be married. Do you realize that? You guys in America, can I get a amen? I know you guys said amen. But it's, it's a, it's a, 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 anyway, it costs something. I had no idea what I was getting into. Even the guy that was doing our marriage counseling, 
The guy that was doing our marriage counseling said to me, he goes, he goes, listen, he goes, I want to read to you out of Ephesians 5 where it says, Husbands, you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church, even so that he gave himself up for her, so that you would be as, as we present her as a spotless bride without spot or wrinkle or blemish. And so he said, in order for this marriage to work, you are going to have to die. And I'm just like, that is not what I had in mind. <laughs> Because everybody knows, yeah, I just thought, I'm going to be, I'm sure we're going we're gonna to walk down, and we're going we're gonna to be a cool-looking couple. We're going to be all this stuff. All that went out the window. You know what I'm saying? We, I'm just, I thought, it was, but it cost something. Uh, we, we then, all of a sudden, again, I said it last Sunday, we have kids. It's a totally whole different, different thing. Those vows, you have to work at it. It costs you something. I remember, still, I still date my wife. We still go out. I, I remember getting the sitter and saying, and saying, hey, I'm taking you out tonight. Where are we going? Well, Tonight, we hadn't got paid yet, so McDonald's, that's where we're going tonight. We're going to Wendy's, you know, we're going to see the little girl with the little, that girl. We're going to go see her, going to see my other girl. And then if we have a little extra, we're going to have the other girl, which is little Debbie, you know what I'm saying? We got the other girl. So anyway, and so we would just, we have a whole lot of money, so we, whatever. But I was trying, to, I was trying to live up to, to those vows, but it cost you something. It costs, and so that's what I'm talking about, even, even the, uh, the cross, because it costs. So I'm going to ask you three questions uh, this morning that you need to answer. You really need to answer this to be able to know. The questions, these three questions are this. Number one, how much did it cost the Father? The cross. How much did it cost the Father? Because it cost the Father something. Number two, you need to answer this question. How much did it cost Jesus? It cost Jesus. It cost him. We're going to talk about that. And the third question, and this is the one you need to answer the first two questions to answer this third question, and that is how much does it cost you? How much is it going to cost you? So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, as you're turning there, I got in trouble this morning as I was de- uh, dating myself. What I mean is giving myself this, this age deal. And the, the truth is, is how many of you remember um, the, the, the game show where they would say, come on down, you are a contestant on the... The price is right, right? Some of you, I thought that was just the first service that knew that because there was a bunch, they were older, we say older seasoned saints, but you guys remember that, right? Let me tell you when it came on for us. Uh, it came on for us right after, so about my grandmother, I would sit, I remember shelling peas. Anybody remember shelling peas or snapping peas? Anybody know about that? Anybody raise your hand if you do. Okay, I used to do that with my grandmother, and we would sit there and do that, and we watched, you know, General Hospital. We would watch, uh, and it was all her stories, right? It was General Hospital. Uh, what else? The other one was uh, uh, One Life to Live. Oh, Lord, if I had One Life to Live, I would not be watching that show. Uh, and all those stories, right, at, we would watch. And then I couldn't wait for Love Boat to get over. Oh, my gosh. That was a, that was a bad, I mean, who wants to watch Love, Love Boat? Anyway, who wants to watch it? So right after Love Boat, then The Price is Right would come on, and they were, and I would be upset. Like, this guy, I couldn't wait for the afternoon to come because I would watch cartoons, but I'd sit there. But all of a sudden, I would find myself getting into the show. I'm shelling peas going, 475, 475, you know, that's wrong. You're bidding too high, you know. I was getting into the show. I wasn't trying to, but I was just getting into the show, you know. And, and, then, and then my grandma would be like, you're wrong. It's 325, and she'd be right every time. I'd be like, Grandma, you need to be on the show. She goes, no, 
Yeah, I wouldn't be here shelling peas with you. So the truth is, is that we, it was the price where everybody would try to guess the price. And I'm telling you what, I think it still, it, it really rings true in society today because we don't really understand the price of the cross and how much it costs the Father to give his only begotten son. It costs. And so Jesus talks about us, what it costs to be a disciple and what it means to be a disciple. So let's read this. Verse 25, Luke 14, verse 25. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, also, he cannot be my disciple. And I want to stop here just for a second because I want, you to, I want to say this to you, and that is that, that Jesus would fail in today's society on how to grow a megachurch because, because he didn't do it by church, megachurch standards. Multitudes are following him. He turns back and goes, you know what? Unless you hate your father and hate your mother, your brothers, and I mean hate them, you, and, and then even your own life, you can't, you can't follow me. You can't be my disciple. Now, the mega churches would be like, that's not how you do that. That's, that's not what you do to grow a church. But, but I'm just telling you, he, he was making a point. Then he would say things like this. They, multitudes would be following him. And he'd go, you know what? Unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you cannot be my disciple. They're like, you know what, Jesus, we good. I don't think we're going to do that today. And the Bible says many stopped following him that day after they heard that message. I call it the Dracula speech. He's just like, I'll let you drink my blood and eat my blood. And so they, they stopped following him. That's not how you, how you build a growing church. But last time I checked, he said, I am building my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So that's the, the mega churches say, that's not, how, that's not how you build a church. Um, because, you know, they're interested in nickels, noses, and numbers. And Jesus was like, I'm interested in you growing as a disciple of Jesus. So this is what he says. He continues to say that he cannot be my disciple, verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. That word bear means to pick up, carry your own cross. For which one of you, which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? At least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first? And he says a second time. First he says sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else... While he, the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace or a truce. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all. Would you say that with me? Forsake all. Yeah, forsake all. That all that he has cannot be my disciple. I mean, that was some harsh words. Those are some tough words. You know, forsake all. So how much did it cost the father? We're going to answer that. How much did it cost the father? It cost the father his only begotten son. Nobody took his son away from him, but that was a plan from the beginning that God gave his son. The Bible says, we read it in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There was anguish and there was pain and given 
his son uh, to die for us so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. He, he gave his son. That was the beginning. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. He had that in the, in the beginning. So it cost the father his only begotten son. And so that, that's what it cost. So us to be thinking about that. Then we ask the question, because it cost the father, how much did it cost? How much did it, much did it cost Jesus? What well, cost him? His life, right? He gave it all. Um, one of the things that I love about, you know, thinking about the cost, one thing I love about our family is that we, 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 we don't shop together. You know, Vanessa never takes me shopping. Um, and there's a reason for that. I'm horrible at shopping. Because, you know, Vanessa, who always wants to know the bottom line, I, I, I just, I'm looking at something, I just want to buy it. That's just, I have a gift to be able to buy things and um, I don't necessarily count the cost. Like the other day, we went into Shields, which I believe is God's gift to men. Uh, it is like a second home. I love walking in that store. When I walk in, the doors open for me. This just happens every single time. When I go into that place, the doors open. I don't know how that happens. I walk in, and I can literally hear angels singing as I go through the doors at Shields. And all of a sudden, compelling me is to walk up those stairs to the right, and there's the gun aisle up there. And so I'm like, Vanessa, come and walk with me and be with me as we take this trip around this amazing place that God has designed for us and placed here for me and us. And I sit there and I go, hey, there is a, look at that. I showed it the other day. I said, that is a Beretta. That is a nice shotgun. It's amazing. And I'm telling you what, the wood on it is that extra wood. When I hold it to my shoulders, it caresses me. It hugs me. And I, and I said, it feels good. And I'm talking about the drop cone. I'm talking about different things. And the only thing that Vanessa is wanting to know is how much does it, how much does it cost? I'm saying this because I have tactics too. She's not the only one with tactics. I say, Let's not talk about that right now. What I want to draw your attention to is the fact that it's a 28-inch gun, and right now, uh, in a month now, dove season starts, and I believe that the Lord is speaking to us right now that I need that gun. And so, and I, but we do. Vanessa and I have a, we have a great marriage. And even right now, honey, I want to tell you how much I love you, and, uh, and I cherish you, and I think you're amazing. I'm not getting the gun. I'm not getting the gun. Wow. Why would you say that in front of all these people? We'll talk about this later, just so you know. Everybody stretch your hands out toward Vanessa right now. We're going to pray that she would change her mind about what's going on. Just right now in the name of Jesus. Y'all not helping me. Right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> the Bible says that he changes the heart of kings. And queen. Anyway. But the truth is, is that she wants to know how much, it, how much it costs. That's the bottom line. How much does it cost? How much does it cost Jesus? It cost him his life. Cost him the fact that he sat there and on the, he, he hung on that cross, and the pain, all of the anguish, all of the, uh, the the crown of thorns pressed on his head. The Bible said that he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of his peace was upon us. And by his stripes we were healed. He was beaten. He was bruised. It cost him. I mean, shame. He, the Bible says that he he became shame for us. He took all of our shame, all of our sin. He became sin. You think about that. Could we say that? He's like, oh yes, he took our sin. He became sin. He died our death and he was nailed to the cross and so that we can have life. We see that he was nailed to the cross. How much did it cost him for even in the middle of that pain that he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so how, 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 much, is, how much does it cost? 
What's your price tag? Here's, here's the deal. We love that. We put, try to put a, a price tag on, on the cross. Right here. So, so it's not a dollar amount. There's no amount of money that, can, that you can try to figure out to put on the cross. There's no amount of money whatsoever. But the truth is, is what I, what I love about Vanessa, if I, do, if I do ask her about something, she wants to look and see, is there a discount, right? She, she, she's a queen of the discount, you know, just going on to try to find a discount. But I, I want to tell you that, that there's no discount. There was no discount for the cross. Do you know that? The only discount there was is he discounted your sin. He didn't count it anymore. There was no, isn't that good news? There's good news. There was no, there's no discount. So we try to put a, put a, put a price tag on the cross. We, try, we could try to do that. How much, how much did it cost? He, he hung on that cross, and so we tried to figure out that it cost him something to, to hang there on the tree. And so that's why sometimes we sing that song, I never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. But here I am to worship. Here I am. Sing it with me. Bow down. Here I am to say, you're my God. You're all together. Yes, you are. All together. All together. Wonderful to me. Trying to figure out the cost of what, it, what Jesus paid for is beyond that. I was talking to a, a friend this week who lost his son, and I can't even imagine how much it cost them and the, the pain and anguish. I can't imagine... My own, my own kids. I have, I have sons. I have, I have kids. I just can't. I can't imagine that. The Father, and then Jesus. The Bible says that it pleased the Father to bruise the Son, so that all of His wrath was poured out upon Jesus. So it cost Him. And so that is something for us to meditate on and think about. It cost Jesus. Everything. Jesus, what did you have to give up? He gave up his life, his whole life. He gave it so that we could have life. Died our death. So it cost him everything. So if it costs the Father, it costs Jesus, how much is it going to cost us to be a disciple? He says it to us, unless you forsake all. The Bible says, unless you hate. He was like, do I have to hate my mother and father? The word actually means love less. It actually, it actually means that. It's, so if you read it and you look it up, in the, in the Hebrew and Greek, it says that, that, that unless you love less, you cannot be my disciple. And so this is not one of those famous messages because nobody wants to preach the message that has to do with you giving up something. Do you know why? And I'm going to say this, and I, I'm, if it hurts your feelings, I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry. Uh, the truth is, is that nobody wants, everybody wants to, uh, to have a, a church where there, there's a consumer mindset, where if I don't like the worship, if I don't like, 
if I don't like what's going on, if I don't like the preacher, if he's preaching truth, and we try to talk about things that tickle ears, I'm not going to do that to you. I love to use humor, but I'm not, I'm not trying to tickle ears because the truth is that we have to be disciples if we're going to transform this world and society and the things that are going on. We have to follow after Jesus. So it does cost us something. It's going to cost you something to follow after Jesus. And I'm not going to go, I'm going to go further than that. Not only cost you something, it's going to cost you your life. Because we just got through reading that unless you forsake all, even your own life, unless you even hate, love less your own life, then you're not, you cannot be my disciple. That's what he says. I was talking to Pastor Terry about this message a little bit ago. He goes, well, the problem with that message is, is you got to live it too. I'm like, yeah, I'm preaching to myself too. And I said, and I told him, I said, well, we should probably, I should probably preach on money, giving, giving money uh, or love. Everyone love me. You know what I'm saying? Because I have to follow those things out. But the truth is, is that we do. We have to we follow after Jesus. What is it going to cost you to follow after Jesus? What does it, what does it cost someone to be a disciple? Because the rich young ruler said, what must I do to have a what, what do I need to do? And he said, hey, forsake all. Sell everything and come follow after me. He couldn't do it because he was very wealthy or he couldn't follow. What, what does that look like? Forsaking all and following after Jesus. Become a disciple. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? It means that I have to deny myself, take up my cross, my personal cross. I got a cross that has my name on it. I take up every day and follow after Jesus. See, we are about making disciples that make a difference. Making disciples that make a difference has to do with, but you can't make a disciple. That means I can't make you do something. If you want to be a disciple, it's incumbent upon you to say, I surrender. I surrender my life. I surrender my plans. I surrender my future. I surrender what I think it should look like. I surrender my marriage. Because if you're a disciple, it should affect every single aspect, every aspect of your life, right? You can't just say, Lord, you can have this much, but you can't have this. You can have, you can have just a little bit of this portion, but I, I'm going to keep this for myself, whatever. You, he's saying, look, will you forsake all and follow after me? Leave everything and follow. I mean, it's, a, it's a, something. That's what he said. You got to sit down and consider what it costs to be a disciple of Jesus. I have to consider that. And if I got to take up my cross daily, then it means that daily I've got to sit down and discuss and figure out what it is that I need to do to be a disciple this day and, and choose to follow after Jesus because Jesus gave it all. He paid it all, but he also gave it all. That's good news. And I know I'm not, I'm, somebody's like, man, this is not one of those happy messages. It's, it's not necessarily, but I'm telling you, we, we can go to other churches where they're preaching, hey, you can, you can be free. Give your life to Jesus. There's no problems. He'll come in. He'll, he'll rescue you, and he'll give you everything that you need. And he does. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's gone before us. He's blessed us in the city, in the field, going in and coming. He's given us everything that we need. The truth is, is though, because he's given all, there is the fact that we Give all to be able to follow after him. The Bible says that he, he, became, he became sin for us, and the Father took out all of his wrath, all of that punishment upon, upon his son Jesus. Amen? Is that good news? It is good news. I remember there was one time where I, um, Vanessa, who had homeschooled all of our kids, she homeschooled them all, and she, um, I got home one day, and she goes, you're going to have to spank Brady. You're going to have to, you are going to have to beat her. And I was just like, I, I don't, I, I just, I'm not, I can't, I can't do it. Cause she's a baby 
And she, was, she had that cute. She had daddy wrapped around her finger. And so she's just like, I don't care. I've been with her all day. I said, it couldn't have been that bad. She goes, yes, it was. You get in there and you take care of her. So I just like, all right, come in here, Brayden. And so she was like, Daddy, don't spank me. And I was just like, well, I have to, because if I don't, Mom's going to beat me, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, she's going to get me. So I ha we, one of us has got to come out of here with something. <laughs> one of us is going to, I mean, it's either you or me. And you, look out there. You don't want that. I don't want that. You know, and she's just like, Dad, please. She goes, I go, what did you do? She goes, I, I just was bad. And she goes, I won't do it anymore. I just said, I said, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. She goes, let's just figure it out. Let's pray. I'm like, no, I should figure out. <laughs> Everybody wants to pray when they're in trouble, right? Even little kids. <laughs> Ain't prayed a day in their life when they didn't want to intercede. Oh, God, would you intervene on my behalf? You know, you are the one. You know, you start saying stuff like, oh, you're spiritual now. You weren't spiritual when she told you to clean your room five times, you know. I don't know if Jesus can raise up out of this tomb of clothes that you got here on the floor. You know, I came home one day, there's a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, somebody, call the cops. We've been robbed. They go, nice try, Dad. The room was nasty. That's why I thought somebody had robbed us because I went in their room. It just looked so bad. But in that particular time, I just said, man, we got to figure something out. And Brain was like, um, she goes, I don't know, Dad. She goes, what are you going to do? I go, I'll tell you what. I said, I'm going to take the belt off. And I said, I'm going to hit this desk as hard as I can. And when I hit it, I want you to scream bloody murder. Do you hear me? She goes, really? I go, yes. I said, we got to time it perfectly. Because if we don't, your mother's going to suspect something. And then that first thing that I told you is going to happen. And so don't, I said, please. So just help us out. Just when I hit it, just start screaming. I said, are you ready? She goes, yeah. I go, get ready because it's got to work. So I hit the desk. Bam. Ah! So she screams. I hit it again. Bang. Ah! She screams again. I go, probably to do one more just for good. You know, so I hit it one more time and I open the door and Vanessa's standing there at the door. She with that look on her face like you had one job. You had one job. All you had, all I asked you to do was spank her. I couldn't do it. But I said, but it was a great illustration on how that that desk took all of the wrath, all of the punishment. <laughs> Everything that I need, that needed, that you needed, that you it, you deserve, but that desk took it all. She goes, I can't get you to do anything, you know. And the truth is, is that that's what Jesus did for us. You laugh, but the truth is, He took all of our pain, He took all of that, He took all of our shame, He took that so that we can have life. And so the truth is that we still it cost us to be able to be a disciple. And what does that look again? What does that look like for you? Was it cost for you to be that disciple? It should affect your your finances. They're not your finances, they're his finances. It should affect your marriage because it's not your marriage, it's the one that he, the one that he gave you or that, she, that, that you have. It should affect not only your finances, your marriage, it should affect the way that you work. It should affect the way that you live, the way that you talk, the way that you move, the way that you, you treat others, the way that you are. The Bible says that, that it's no longer I that live. Paul said there's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. And so the life I live now is that I live by faith in the Son of God. We were crucified with Christ. And so that's what it takes us to be able to walk out what God has said about our lives. Again, it's not our life, it's, it's his. And so he says this, in the verse, last part of it, or else, um, in verse 33, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. 
And so that's, that's what he's saying. It, it costs us to be able to live the life that he's called us to live. And that's what we said, I surrender. How many of us have li- are living a surrendered life, including my, and myself, a surrendered life? I love this story. I didn't tell it first service, but I love this story that I heard from Pastor Terry about the fact that there was a, a guy who had his mother-in-law living with him. And so the mother-in-law, he said, now, ma- ma- Mom, um, you can stay here in this part of the house, but when we're out, we, we want you to stay right here. And so, and so when we want to be able to conduct, this is our house, and this is where, where you live, and you conduct, conduct your business. And so he was praying one day, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, that's the way you treat me sometimes. You treat me like your mother-in-law. Where you sit, you sit there and say, okay, God, you can have this part. All of this is yours. See, see it? Just right here, that little circle. But over here, um, this is ours. And the Lord says, I'm the one that gave you life. I'm the one that gave you everything that you have. Therefore, am I living a surrendered life that God has called me to live? Am I being a disciple? You know what a disciple is? You know what the definition of a disciple is? A disciplined learner. Someone who is disciplined to be able to learn and follow after Jesus. That's why those people, those disciples, when they, fought, when they saw Jesus, the Bible says that they left their nets, they left their profession, they left everything that they knew, and then they decided to follow after Jesus. That's why you can sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I'm not going back to the old way of life. I'm not going back to my will. I'm not going back to my ways. I'm not going back. But I wanted to be a one that would leave everything and follow after Christ. Amen? I surrender. I surrender all of my thoughts. Some of you had plans. Some of you had dreams. Some of you had, you had, you thought it was going to be this way. Lord said, I'll take that and I'll make it better than you think, than you can do anything with. I, I can go further than you think. I can go further than you can. All it has to do with you surrendering to Christ and surrendering to him. Amen? Amen? I want to pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this time that you you even have for us to be able to do what you've called us to do. I want to thank you, Lord, that it's your life that you've called us to, not our own. Not anything, Lord, that, that we can do. So we just say, Lord, that we do right now. I'm, I, the reason why I'm having us pray right now is because I, I wanted you to just close your eyes. And if there's a place right now in your life that the Lord, the Holy Spirit is prompting you to surrender to him, I'm going to take some time. We have some time. I want you to take some time. I'll be the first one. I, I know where he's asking me to surrender. I'm going to raise my hand. If you, and if you say, Holy Spirit, show me where you want me to surrender some things that you've been holding on to, whatever it is. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's, it's something on your job. And you, you want to surrender. Holy Spirit, wants to show, why don't you just lift your hand, right? You just know, because I, I I'm raising my hand. I know where I need to surrender. It'll take just a little bit of time. Yeah. And just like you would if, if a police officer came to you and said, get him up. Why don't you go ahead and put the other hand up and surrender, and I'm going to pray. Yeah, just surrender. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have even right now to surrender our lives to you. It's not what we want. It's not what we think we should have, Lord, but it's about what you, because it costs you everything, and it should cost us 
a life of devotion to you, all that we have. Not a condemnation, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit show us where you want us to surrender the cost of the cross of Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that we do. We want to surrender those things. Holy Spirit, help us by the power of your spirit to surrender those things to you so that we can walk out where you have called us to walk out. Through your word, your word shows us, helps us, because we are connected through your cross. And so we thank you, Lord, for that. Would you say this woman? Say, I surrender. Just, Lord, I surrender my thoughts, my life, my will, my emotions. I surrender. Lord, help me to give all as you have given all. Thank you, Lord, for the cross that you died so that I can have life, the life you want me to have. In Jesus' name. Not my will, but your will. I'm going to say it like you mean. Not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen.